So we are recording our newest podcast. Um, we have a new family member here, so if you hear her in the background, that's what that is. Um, so yeah, that's what that is. And yeah, her she's a little puppy named Nim, a little dire wolf. Well, not really a dire wolf, but she may as well be a dire wolf. Um, so uh, I am still... Very slowly getting caught up on, well, not caught up, but slowly reading the first Game of Thrones. And I am about to read the chapter where Arya does what, Sarah? She goes herping. All right. Well, for people who don't know, herping is when you look for reptiles and amphibians. And Arya apparently does this. Well, she's basically... She's hanging out with her friend Micah, the butcher's boy, and wandering around. She finds a lizard lion, which is the the Westeros equivalent of an alligator. It lives in a kind of a cold climate, a swampy, known to attack humans sometimes. They have crocodiles, too, on... Uh, the continent of Sothorios, but that doesn't really come into the story. Sothorios, is that a southern continent? It's That's why it's called continent. that. It seems to be based on uh, South America and Africa mixed together with a lot of um, what look like they could be references to some other uh, works of fiction. It's got a bit of a Conan vibe to it, but a King Kong going on. Oh, um, so it's just Gondwana. Um, Gondwana, for those of you listening, is the great southern continent, which included South America and Africa, um, among other now separate continents. But this animal, the lizard lion, is an animal of the crocodilian or alligator type that lives in a region called the Neck, which is still part of the North. It should be too cold for actual real-life alligators. I'm assuming they do the same Mickey little hole in the ice to breathe through when it gets cold, but that never comes up. But I just got to apply that uh, real reptile biology comparison in there. Well, they they have a whole bunch of things that are supposedly different. I mean, Sarah showed me the uh, the picture of one. Now, are they aquatic? Or are they? They are aquatic. They okay. live in the swamp. Okay, but none doesn't... of the pictures are what you would call canon. They're Oh, there are various fan interpretations of what it may have looked like. They Some showed, more fanciful than others. Yeah, they showed, like, a loose tongue, which is something that crocodilians don't have. They have a, a tongue yes, that's a fixed on there. There's a loose tongue in uh, the usual depiction of the sigil of House Reed. Now, it could be that it really is intended to have a loose tongue like that, or it may be, you know, a bit of exaggeration, like... You know, all the lion heraldry that's got its tongue pretty far out of its mouth. The crocodilians, unlike lions, their tongue is fused to the lower jaw, at least on all real-life species. It's on all species. It's, I think, on all living and extinct species. But does it apply in Westeros? Who knows? Yeah, I don't know. Oh, there's the direwolf now, who might be eating something. Name you drop that. All right, we're back. 
Nim is still running around, but she no longer has what she has. Um, she is now okay. Animal drama, yay! Um, <laughs> you leave the cat. All right, resuming. We have animals that have. Uh, I guess we we've resolved their conflict. Um. So what were you saying, Sarah? So basically, Arya is hanging out for the day with Micah, the butcher's boy, and, you know, wandering around looking at swamp life. And this is happening at the same time as Sansa is on her little date with Joffrey. Oh, yeah, that's right. There, uh... <coughs> isn't Joffrey trying to... F- is coming up. Isn't Joffrey trying to find something? Shadowcat. Yeah, he's trying to find a shower cat Now, why don't you tell... People, what a shadow cat is. I'm sure that people have an idea who've read it, but you know that we're, we're gonna have there an actual a zoological on description of it. But the implication I get is that it's somewhere in between what a North American mountain lion and a tiger would be like. This is a dangerous animal. It's not going to attack, you know, a group of people who are armed, but it could. You know, if a stupid 13-year-old boy with a little sword decides to mess with it, you know, things might happen. Yep. But they don't. And Joffrey continues with his Joffrey ways for another few books. Another few books. How about that? Well, we know that he doesn't die until later in the show anyway. Show is still most of what my knowledge comes from, that and just what other fans have told me. Uh, but it is a really, really cool story so far. I have to say, um, uh, thing things are a little bit different than what I uh, initially expected. Uh, one of the things I was mentioning is how. Uh, how Tyrion is really a uh, a lot more of a uh, sort of a uh, shady character in the books than in the show. Uh, also, you have um, you have, of course, just Jon Snow, who I think we've discussed, who's basically uh, emo, and you know, as I said, reading him, I was like, oh, he would have he would have loved watching Batman. Uh, specifically Batman the animated series if he were younger. He'd be like, oh, I want to be like Batman. Um, but he's one of those types. So, he's Where very... will you get to Gerald Dane? I am... They call me Dark Star and I am of the night. Yeah, they have the actual Batman parody. You can put it down. Um... Actual Batman parody. I drink my lemon water with no sugar. Yep. So. I was weaned on snake venom. Oh, yeah. He is the knight and all that good stuff. So, and of course, what is it? We are, uh... Uh, You'll get to him later in A Feast for Crows. Coming to Littlefinger's inevitable betrayal... Of everybody, but especially of Ned Stark, which, you know, I'm sure everybody has read that. 
Yeah, they're setting it up, though. I mean, you can tell they're already setting it up. We're back, and Sarah was just telling me some spoilers about uh, future characters. and I mean, most of these are minor characters. No, they're uh, not minor characters. They're minor spoilers. No, you see the Butcher's Boy? Is the Butcher's a... Boy is a minor character, but the yeah. other characters involved are the Hound, Joffrey, Sansa, and Arya. I wouldn't call them minor characters. You try... No, I wasn't referring to them as minor characters. I just meant, like, the, uh, the Butcher Boy, really. Um, yeah, she tells me how the Hound runs him down with a horse, so... Because the Hound's just a monster in both the show and the the books and I guess more so in the books and he's just unapologetic about it. I wouldn't say the hound is purely a monster. He more than once you know acts to protect both Arya and Sansa but he also takes Joffrey's orders on murdering people. Yes including children. In this case a kid yes. Like he just murders children. I mean you know it's a little bit of a monster. That that's that's I guess George R. R. Martin's point is that they're all monsters. So Yep. And so that's uh where this, I'm at so far. And book. this is what's going to lead to Arya's wolf bites Joffrey during this uh, altercation between them, and Arya sends Nymeria off into the wild to avoid her being executed for this. Yeah. And Sansa's wolf ends up. I I thought I already read that part for some reason. No, that comes later. Oh, you know what? I probably just listened to it or something. Yeah, because Cersei has to have her. Her pelt in revenge. Because she's Cersei. You know, she doesn't get the pelt. But does it get destroyed or something? I guess we'll find out. I will read it. I will read it. Yes, it is a trick recording a podcast with a puppy in in the studio. And by studio, we mean the kitchen. So... Uh, that's what happens. So, um, let's see, what other topic is there to discuss with this? Ah! Showing that they're in called the Neck. It's all swampland. There's a causeway-like trail down the middle of it, which is basically the only really non-treacherous area you can take that many horses and a wagon through. And the people who live there are called the They're They live off the land in the swamp. They're on the short side. 
there's a rumor that I don't remember whether it was brought up in canon or whether it's just a fan theory that they may have some children of the forest in their family background. Ah, yes, the children of the forest, which we still have yet to really define. They I'd seem... say they're fey in the dangerous, possibly immoral side of the... Yeah, they're fey that create things and lost control of their own creation. So, I don't know if that means they're fey or if that makes them more of like some sort of progenor race that basically um, didn't know what they were really doing. They have uh, fewer fingers than humans. They have spotted skin. They live hundreds of years while looking like they're not hundreds of years. Fey, elves... Something. They have... Yeah, I don't know. I was going to make a joke about that sort of thing. Anyway, back to the Kranigmen. Yeah. They live in the swamp. They they live off the land. They shoot poisoned arrows that you do not want to be hit by the... You'll find out what happens from that later once you get to uh, the... The Kranig? Kranigmen. Kranig. What are these people? Yeah, they're people. Okay, well, I don't know. I'm I'm still learning. And the most famous of the Kranig men, House Reed. Oh, okay, that's right. With they're their, House Reed. They're the Lizard Lion. Yeah, okay, gotcha. And they're, they're technically a noble house, but... They are... On the poorer side, as far as the nobility of Westeros, they do have to hunt and fish for survival. Yeah. Uh, The lord of their house, Howland Reed, who lives in a floating castle. Howland with a floating castle. Yeah, okay. Does this remind you of anything? Yeah, but this was written before that. I don't think it was, was it? Howl's Moving Castle? That was like 2000 and something. Wasn't it a book before it was... Oh, I don't remember. I don't remember these things. So Howland Reed and his floating castle. I mean, it might be, because a lot of Studio Ghibli was... So an actual floating castle. I'm not sure how that works, but I'm assuming that the land in the swamp is not sturdy and somehow moves around in some way. And uh, Howland Reed was a, he's a good friend of Ned Stark, which is important later. Yeah. Well, that is very important. And you'll, you'll meet his children, Georgian and Mira. Very important in Bran's storyline later. Yeah, that will be interesting. Bran going off into weird craziness. I've read that part now. He's seen visions. He's just recovered, but it's clear that the three-eyed crow has possessed him or something along those lines. Three-eyed raven in the show, I guess. Three-eyed crow in the book. That's a bit of a big difference between two different species, but I guess it doesn't matter if it owns, if it has three eyes. So, that's always cool to read. 
Um, that was actually quite the uh, interesting read right there. All right, resume. You'll also later on get the military strategic importance of the swamp and the causeway. And the the fortification of Mount Kalen, and um, if you can hold that, you're holding the only easy access to the north, not by sea. Yeah. Well, that's going to be... That's going to be important later, too. Yeah. It's going to be an interesting... Interesting thing to come across. Well... Uh, I will say that in the next recording we do, what I'm going to do is I'm going to read at least part of the this chapter live, and you will get to hear my live reaction as I read this. And it'll be interesting having me actually record reading. Um, I don't know uh, how that'll work, but I'm pretty... Uh, Pretty sure that'll be a, a very interesting experience. You get to read me reading about, or you get to hear me, listen to me read about Arya herping and Arya and her encounters and Joffrey and Sansa and, you know, the hound killing a child. Yeah, because, you know, child murder is always a thing in Westeros, I guess. Gotta make it as medieval as possible. So far, though, I am enjoying this very much. Uh, George R. R. Martin is indeed, I must say, a talented writer uh, who writes pretty multiple, multi-faceted uh, characters and settings. Um, it's pretty impressive that he created his own uh, little world, which is... Uh, not something that every fantasy writer actually can successfully do. I've read a lot of, a lot of fantasy, uh, well, plenty of it bad, and this is actually very good. So, yes, um, tune in next time, very soon. Hopefully, we'll have this place under control more. But uh, tune in, and I will read and. You will get to see my reactions as I read. Um, I'll probably pause at points for reaction and my attempt at summarizing. But uh, we'll see how that goes. So. All right.